Hi, I'm Dan from Perion Network and I'm happy to welcome you to an episode of Attic Talks by Perion. This is a series of conversations with Attic experts about the happenings in our industry. Today I'm excited to be joined by Joe Ward, RVP of Sales West at Undertone, obviously a Perion company. Hi, Joe. Hi, nice to be here. Joe has been a member of Undertone since 2016 and has worked in digital media since 1998. Joe, with his 20 plus years of experience, has worked with startups and companies, pivoting to address the changing digital landscape. In previous roles, he has established practices addressing TV viewership, creative technology, affiliate marketing, and search optimization. Well, I want to welcome you to New York City today, and uh, thank you for joining us for an Attic uh, Talk episode. We're chatting today about a topic that is so relevant and ever-changing, something that I personally have grown to be very passionate about. We're talking about privacy. While Joe is RVP of sales, he has become extremely well-versed in the topic of privacy in the context of digital media. Before we start talking about privacy, we want to spice it up a bit with, uh, with numbers. Everybody knows about like the, the Apple changes. How did it impact financially? some other players in, yeah. the, in the industry. Well, if you look at uh, ever since iOS 14 rolled out and the Apple's app tracking transparency, you can see the just in the valuations of social media companies have taken a huge hit. Uh, they're you know, from Facebook's own, uh, own reporting, it looked like they took about a $10 billion hit uh, when people were able to opt out of tracking uh, through Apple's apps. Uh, so it's a significant uh, so, hit. So practically what happened is that because of the changes led by privacy exactly. made it harder for advertisers to target the right audiences. Yes. And this uh, hurt the valuation of uh, social networks. Absolutely, it made it harder for, uh, for advertisers to reach audiences and prove that their advertising budgets were leading to uh, a sale or an acquisition. Uh, so that really uh, put a dent in Facebook's own efforts. Why is the suddenly demand for privacy and why, why now and is it something that happened like uh, in this last year or this is something gradual? I mean, I, I wonder what your thoughts about that. Of course, uh, if you think about it, it, it's been building for a while. Uh, so we talk about Web 1, Web 2, Web 3. Web 2 was really the, uh, the advent of social media where it became much, much easier for consumers to post content online. Mm -hmm. And as they began posting content online, the social platforms began collecting all of that data. Uh, and over time, that data became much more granular and much more actionable. Uh, so what you see is people start posting their photos of their families or their friends or reconnecting with, uh, with people from high school. All of that was a good benefit. But then in around 2016 or so, a lot of our targeting became so, uh, so granular and so sophisticated that it really started having an impact in the world at large. And you know, speaking of 2016, yep. there was a big election here in the United States. Mm -hmm. And uh, out of that came the Cambridge Analytica um, you know, debacle, uh, some might say, where uh, Cambridge Analytica was able to tap into all of that data that existed in the social media space and were able to really target ads that, that drove a wedge between a lot of people and really played on their fears, their motivations, um, it, in the political arena, but then it, uh, it so, became much, so much in, bigger. So in a way, the scandal created um, understanding to the public and then legislators yep. that this is a problem. I mean, there is tons of data collected about yep. individuals, and this could be used by the advertisers, and advertisers could be also political uh, candidates. 
Exactly. Exactly. So people saw the results of the data that they were putting out there and they were freely giving to the social media space. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden it became, uh, it had such a big impact in the real world that people started pulling back and they realized, wait, I've given too much data. I, there, I, I don't know where my data is being used. I don't know who's tapping into it uh, because they had given this uh, in Cambridge Analytica, they had given Facebook access yeah. to this data and a third party was coming in and using the data uh, for their own purposes. Interesting. So, so practically, we, we are living in the, with internet for over two decades, but it had changed. I mean, and you, you've been around for a while. I mean, can, do you have like uh, some uh, example or thoughts? I mean, how, how it changed? I mean, the treating users' privacy? Yeah, so there are, there are a number of different examples. Uh, we think about social media that we just talked about. There are also uh, you know, apps that we're collecting for a time, uh, just turning on your microphone. Yeah. So several apps that had no business uh, accessing a microphone were then listening to what's happening like around Why someone. not? Why not collect the, the data and listening to, to you? Exactly. 24-7. Exactly. So they could listen to you. And one of my previous companies uh, actually was in, you know, in talks with some of these companies that were using the microphone so we could triangulate what people were watching on TV, hmm. which ads they were hearing. Uh, you know, as regulators caught them. up to that, and yeah. then you could retarget them and yeah. you could connect a, a TV buy to a digital buy and you can really kind of create a full funnel uh, application to that. However, uh, you know, that really kind of called delight of who's listening and, and the regulators, the FTC did crack down on a number of these apps and said, we need to have more explicit permission from users to be listening and using their microphone. So the, the demand for privacy increased. Yes. Increase, still increasing, and uh, it uh, impacted regulations put put in place. Uh, lots of work continuing to push uh, for more, especially in North America. Uh, what does it look like right now? Yeah, so currently uh, we do have California has the CCPA uh, that's been in place uh, since 2020 and has been enforced since 2020. Uh, that is being replaced next year with the CPRA, which basically allows a framework to to modify and to adapt uh, with new technologies. Uh, we also have Virginia, Connecticut, Colorado, and Utah all enforcing their own comprehensive privacy regulations. Uh, on the federal level, we also have uh, the, the House has advanced a bill called the American Data Privacy Protection Act, uh, which actually advanced with overwhelming bipartisan uh, support. Uh, a vote was 52 to, to 2. Uh, in favor of advancing this bill. And this is very strict on how uh, American companies can use uh, can use data. So this is the, the first time that there's legislation around privacy on the federal level? At the federal w level. While in right. Europe, it started, I think, with 2016, the GDPR? Yes, uh, so GDPR 2016 was enforced and actually rolled out in uh, May of 2018. Mm -hmm. So, so major changes now besides the regulations uh let's talk a bit about uh what's happening in the in the market so let's yeah. do, let's start with apple i think that's yeah. super interesting yeah so apple with ios 14 uh they rolled out a new uh, a new feature that specifically required people to opt in to allow apps to use their data and it was really for a lot of people the first time that they saw explicitly stated this app will use your data, or this app will use this, your geolocation or your microphone for this data. Do you want them to do that? Yeah, so Apple, not only the, that they're changing the, the, the policy, the reintegrated part of the values of their brand. I mean, I've just seen uh, very recently billboards with privacy, that's iPhone. 
Correct. I, it's always been a core value of, uh, of Apple to be a privacy first uh, company. And not only in the app, um, app space, but also Safari has deprecated cookies years ago. Yeah. And Chrome is, is eventually on their way to deprecating cookies as well. But Apple has been a leader in that space. So they've, uh, they've made a promise to consumers that they will be private and their platform is, uh, is really backing that up. So, so maybe we talk a bit about cookies. I mean, sure. let's start in ex in ex explaining a bit. I mean, what's the yeah. first party cookies, third party cookies? I, I want to hear it from you. So, uh, so definitely going back 20 years, uh, cookies were really functional. Yeah. They were about identifying someone who is a return visitor to your site. They're uh, about like making sure your site is functioning properly and uh, giving you feedback on what type of uh, activity people are taking and if there's a breakage at some point. So over time, that became um, much more available for uh, other companies outside of the, the website to start collecting data and aggregating data from several places and reselling that to advertisers. So users' data became a commodity. It absolutely became a commodity. And how users are feeling about that? Well, as they, uh, they realize uh, that this is happening, they're starting to push back. Uh, like I mentioned before, they, uh, they don't know who has access to their data. And that's one of the biggest issues right now is that, and again, what Apple has tried to pull back is mm -hmm. letting people know this app will use this part of your, um, of your phone to collect data. We don't have that with cookies. Cookies are out there, aggregators are, are collecting data from everywhere, and it's hard for a user to find out who's using their data and how to opt out of that data. So I understood that there was an interesting um, research that has been done within Undertone recently. Um, can, can you share a bit? Yeah, so we did a survey, uh, was a thousand respondents across all age groups, and we asked them a lot about their feelings towards privacy and data. And one of the probably most interesting data points that we got was that uh, in regards to Apple's ATT, 95% yeah. uh, of people were happy that Apple gave them the option to opt out of uh, having their data collected. And what they said is 73% of those people actually did opt, uh, opt out of data collection. So practically three-fourths of the respondents said that they do not want any data to be collected and passed through to, to apps. Exactly. And we did see that uh, so a similar number in real life as, um, as we are seeing some of the results come back of who's opted in and who hasn't. And what it, what it does and what it tells me and why I think it's the most important question out of that survey is that it shows that nearly everybody was very appreciative and really wants the choice in a simplified fashion of who can use their data and what their data is, is out there and being used for. But it, where does it put the advertisers and us? So with advertisers, it, it also sets up two distinct buckets. Yeah. So if 25%, give or take, of people allow us to track them and they voluntarily waive their right to privacy, which is, is what they're doing, then it allows us to then collect that data uh, through you know, whatever alternate identifiers we have, pass that through data clean rooms, and we can really use that to, uh, to target the way that we've become accustomed to. For the other 75%, with them, privacy is of utmost uh, uh, importance. So uh, we need to look at different ways to target them. If we can't track them, and if we can't tell if they placed an item in their shopping cart and then you know, abandoned it, we can't go back and re uh, reconnect with them. However, we can find other ways to use AI or machine learning so technology. That, so that to practically brings us to, to speak about uh, 
our solution to the the cookieless era but not only the cookie the technical you know maybe talk let's talk about about that there are many solutions now how would you split them yeah so the the first two buckets I look at is you know we talk about privacy and security yeah they fall within a, a cookieless uh, on realm but there are two very distinct areas one of them the the security realm is for those people that have opted in Uh, we collect data on them. We have personally identifiable information. We are currently going through data clean rooms to anonymize the data uh, so that we uh, but the consumer still wants us to keep that data secure. And it's our responsibility as as marketers as we're collecting the data and we're using the data for targeting to keep that secure. Now for the other side of things, the people that uh, that refuse to waive their right to privacy, it means that, We need to be a little bit more sophisticated about how we um, read the signals as mm-hmm. they are shopping uh, or visiting different websites. Uh, so for example, uh, if someone walks into a jewelry store, yeah. if you have a really good salesperson behind the counter, they will be able to read a lot of nonverbal cues about that person and how they're walking through the store and what they're engaging with to be able to tell, are they window shopping? Are they potentially in the market for an engagement ring or in the, they in the market Just for other jewelry? Just by the appearance, how the, the different signals. It, I mean, are they in a hurry or they're laid back? Exactly. So a good salesperson would do it. And we are trying to replicate this through AI tools. Yes. Yes. And, and that's really what Perion Sort uh, technology does. Is if you maybe even step back and you think about contextual targeting and you know site level targeting uh, that were very popular before third-party cookies and are, are making a resurgence uh, because of you know the, the pending demise of cookies, uh, we, we see that there's a big gap between what contextual targeting can do and what third party, third party car- targeting can do. So we're looking at AI to kind of close that gap and, and pick up not just on, in the, the example of the, the jewelry store, the context is a jewelry store, or perhaps each counter that you go to, you know, engagement rings, watches, et cetera, that's all context. But the data But enrichment are those signals. I mean, it, what does the person wear? Or? Exactly. How do they look at the jewelry? Are they looking for price? Are they comparing, you know, colors? You know what types of things are are we picking up as they're browsing around so, it? so how, how do we do it uh, digitally I mean. so digitally uh, what we do is uh, with with Perion and especially with undertone we can see how those people are engaging with ad units uh, we can see interactivity are they watching a video to completion are they clicking a hot spot are they more interested in clicking on red cars than blue cars uh, so we can get that granular and this is happening live This is happening all live uh, within milliseconds. Uh, so every time we, we have an opportunity to serve an ad, we need to make a, a, a decision within a few milliseconds whether or not that is the right environment that we should be placing this ad that's going to deliver a, a, a KPI that the advertiser is looking for. So there's no violation of, uh, of privacy. We don't store any data about the, the users. Nope. We don't collect any personal identifiable information about the user. We don't pixel that user and follow them to other websites. What we do is we find in certain environments, we see that somebody is you know, watching a video in, a, in, in an ad unit. And we know that, hey, if somebody is watching hometown sports highlights from the night before, we know that that is an environment that people are more likely to watch a video to completion. So I understood that you ran some uh, tests with different um, uh, clients. And uh, you saw that the performance is actually better. 
We've seen across the board, across all categories, uh, nearly double uh, performance. Uh, from so those, this based. is like A-B test, checking cookies, Correct. traditional cookies, targeting, and uh, using uh, salt. Yes. A and as we're rolling this out, people do want to test. They yep. want to make sure that it, it yeah. actually does what we promise it will. And for every campaign that we're running right now, we are running cookie-based targeting, you know, our standard, what we've done for years. And we're running a segment uh, that's using sort targeting. And across the board, we're seeing clients that are that are getting double the performance. How come? Uh, the, yeah, I mean, I have some thoughts about it, but I, I, what do you think? So uh, a couple things that are important about it, like I mentioned, it's really about reaching someone in that moment in time where they're going to be most uh, likely to, uh, to interact with an ad or click an ad. Uh, so that's something that sort does very, very well um, because it identifies those areas uh, that, uh, that people will do that. It also, since it's not reliant on cookies, it scales across all browsers exactly. and all environments. That's what I'm saying. You know, I, I've, I've, been, uh, I've done online marketing for years for different brands. And uh, the easiest way is uh, retargeting. That's uh, for years because uh, you have like a certain uh, uh, group uh, that uh, maybe they already shopped in your store, so probably they will convert better. But the problem is that it, and it's always the same. At some point, you exhaust this lookalike. So you, just, you exhaust them because it's a small group. And even if they bought once, how many times can they, they repeat uh, the purchases? Yep. So universe, I think, is bigger, and that's uh, definitely reason. Absolutely. And that's one of the limitations of cookies or any identifier, uh, really, is that you are looking for people that took a specific action. Did they put something in their shopping cart? Did they buy something? And you are really limiting to that lower part of the funnel. And it's very important data to, to try to get those people to convert. But how do you get people from the upper funnel into the lower funnel if we're looking at a purchase funnel? How do you pick up those cues, those kind of nonverbal cues from yeah. the jewelry store and get someone from just browsing into actually buying a product. But we, we are not alone in the market and there are other companies that are doing other tactics or strategies to, to deal with the cookie-less uh, world. What, what, what are your thoughts about the identifiers, for example? So uh, the, the different identifiers that are coming out, uh, what we're hearing back is that the scalability is is one of the biggest issues. Maybe explain a bit. Okay. Yeah. So uh, so again, uh, as cookies are are deprecated, uh, there are different approaches on how people are going to identify you know, users to target. Uh, hashed emails, uh, cell phones, um, household IDs are are all things that have popped up. Uh, what is uh, is happening is that when you put those through uh, through the process of a data clean room, which anonymizes the data and tries to satisfy these upcoming uh, pending regulations, uh, it, it is very difficult to find those users again and uh, at a significant scale that is going to deliver an advertising budget. So your, your advertising budgets and your campaign budgets shrink because you cannot reach that many people. Uh, so th that is th that's something that's important that's happening. Yeah, and one would argue that it's uh, they're still invading the privacy of the user. Absolutely, with hashing the emails and still. Absolutely, no matter what, uh, if we are starting with a unique identifier, if we anonymize the data, we still need to reconstitute that data in some fashion to target that specific user again. There may be safeguards in place to keep their data s uh, safe and secure, uh, but what? what is happening is we're still identifying a person based off an action they took in the past. Yeah, and the users didn't really approve this. No, yeah. no, uh, by and large, they haven't approved this. Uh, and back to that 73%, 27%, uh, there are some people that will allow us to do that, mm -hmm. but 
back to the scalability uh, question, if only a quarter of people will allow us to track them, and then we have issues of, of data matching within that group, we have a, a much diminished scale that we can reach through any of these identifiers. I'm really curious. I mean, you, you work in the industry, you know it in and out. So w when you get those notifications from, uh, we talked about, you know, uh, surveys and general public, and when you do get those notifications, how do you act? Well, it's funny, uh, I, I actually, I decline everything. Um, and m my family, my wife uh, thinks I'm a little crazy, maybe a little neurotic. Uh, but first of all, I want to see how easy it is to opt out. And um, early on, I actually opted out of uh, several social media platforms because I thought there was just too much data getting out there. And I was starting to see how advertisers were using it. And, uh, and it started to snowball. And I personally didn't like it as a, as a consumer. Yeah. So what are the dangers of users will accept? Yeah, so we've seen anything from data leaks and uh, you know financial implications to even in the, uh, the past few years, if you look at, you know, not to be political, but if you look at the January 6th um, you know, trials uh, where the Department of Justice has been using geolocation to find out who was at the Capitol, who was inside the building that day, all of those people gave, uh, gave access to their geolocation. Uh, we also look at uh, the overturning of Roe versus Wade here in the United States, where uh, state governments can now identify if somebody has crossed state lines. Went can, to a specific place. They to went do a to specific a specific thing? place. If they had a um, you know a, a period tracker that they were tracking, and uh, there are any sort of inconsistencies there. So these things are starting to come up. Uh, there was actually a, a, an issue with uh, Facebook Messenger where a mother and daughter were speaking to each other about um, you know the uh, the morning after pill, yeah. and that became something that the state legislature uh, and, and the state um, you know uh, uh, police were were using to prosecute these people. So it, it has real. So world we all should go back to paper. It, letters we, we don't want to be that uh, landlines exactly but uh, but we do want to make sure that we are monitoring our our, our safety and understanding what is out there yeah, I, I say at least we should be a will absolutely we, we should have a clear and easy way to say I know what data is being shared mm -hmm. and I know what I'm comfortable with and what I'm not comfortable with and you should be able to turn off that data wherever it exists and I, and I would add that at some point you, you have the, the right to delete the data absolutely I think that's super important. So I, I would say uh, something that uh, that's happened over hundreds of years uh, in the United States is that we've seen technology advance yeah. to a point where it really outpaces the law. Uh, and we're in a phase now where that's happened, where technology companies have, um, have kind of taken advantage of some gray areas on some terms that haven't been clearly defined as far as what they're able to do and what they're not. Uh, so now we're in a phase just like we were uh, with, uh, you know, phone taps uh, when when uh, that first the phone was first invented and people were starting to surveil on phone uh, or uh, surveillance uh, through cameras. No, even we're, now we're, with, uh, with the scooters like Lime and Bird, I mean, absolutely, the, the tech companies are just faster than legislators, but at yeah. some point they keep up and. Uh, yeah, so we're we're it. in this phase where now with at the state level there there are policies, comprehensive uh, privacy regulations being enforced. And at the federal level, we're starting to see that with the uh, the ADPPA. Uh, so we're in this phase where now all of a sudden the government is starting to catch up. So even the FTC feels that they need to get involved in uh, this privacy issues. 
Absolutely. And it's something that Perion has uh, has voiced our, our support for their involvement. Uh, it's something that we feel very strongly that uh, people want their privacy. The vast amount of people will not give up their privacy, as, as we've discussed. And, uh, and there are ways to serve the right ads to the right people yes. without violating users' privacy. I think that that's a super important point. Absolutely. Uh, so we've voiced our um, our support for the FTC to come in and more clearly define those regulations and uh, and really support people's choice for privacy. Joe, this has been great conversation, super interesting topic, relates to all of us, professionals and just, you know, any person in the street that has a phone on internet. And to our viewers and listeners, thank you very much for joining us. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact my team at marketing at perion.com and we'll be sure to get back to you. Uh, we'll see you next time in another episode of Attic Talks. Thank you again, Joe. That was great. Great. And Thanks for day. having me. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>